Good day, my friends. This is Under Review, the tennis podcast from an insider's perspective. I'm Craig Shapiro, and on the show, I talk with the most interesting voices in the sport. As the holidays drown us in cheer, the pros are already at it, training hard and prepping for Australia. And if the pros aren't taking a break, neither will we. We've got a great show for you today. Our goal with this podcast is to take you way behind the scenes. As a holiday gift to you all, we wanted to release this episode. It doesn't get any more inside than this. A month ago, we were at the ATP Finals having breakfast with former world number three, the great Martin Mulligan. We decided to go upstairs where an old friend was hard at work stringing Roger Federer's rackets. Five feet away, his roommate, Glenn, was stringing Novak sticks. These guys are the unsung heroes of the tour, and I wanted to let them sing a bit. Known in the Twitter sphere as Racketron, Ron Yu spends 25 weeks a year on the road with Roger. He's probably the winningest racket technician in the business, and we have a long history together. We used to travel the world stringing rackets and yarning tails. And while I got run out of the business by a shady Italian hitman with a box cutter, Ronnie's still at it. He strung rackets that have won 23 Grand Slams, Agassi, Hewitt, Warinka, Davenport, Roger, as well as countless other champions. Ron's one of the best in the business. We have him here for you today. He's going to tell us what it's like to travel the world with Roger Federer, what's happening with racket and string technology today, and where he thinks his picture should go in the Tennis Hall of Fame. We're talking string theory, grips, and gut with the one and only Racketron, Ron Yu. Uh, we're here looking out at the London Eye. We're in room 610 of the Marriott. What's it called, Ron? County Hall. It's the County Hall Marriott. The, the sound you hear is the Babolat stringing machine pulling Roger Federer's strings through his racket. And uh, we're here with Ron Yu, my old coworker and, and friend. Ancient history. Uh, 20 years ago, Ron and I met each other. Well, I think longer now, 24 years ago. Jesus. Um, <laughs> Ron, uh, the rackets look beautiful. I'm looking at this grip wrapped. Did you did you wrap that grip? I did. First of all, why don't you explain to us what it is you guys do? Okay, I work for a company called Priority One, and we're a racket service company for players. Uh, we do customizing out of the office, which is down in Tampa, Florida. And then for some players who want added service, we travel with them to the Master Series events and the Grand Slams and take care of stringing, gripping, all the racket work they need. I mean, these guys make it sound so lame. Listen, in my opinion, Ron and this other cat, Nate, Ron and Nate are the P1 guys. I think they should be in the Tennis Hall of Fame. These guys are craftsmen. They do something that no one sees because they're literally doing it in the hotels at these events, but I think Ron should be in the Tennis Hall of Fame, man. He's in charge of all the rackets for all the great players. They probably um, got some wall space in the bathroom there, the Tennis Hall of Fame. They could, put, <laughs> they could put a picture of me up there in the bathroom. That'd be all right. All right, so listen, let's get into this. Um, we do a five set format, so it just keeps things moving, keeps it popping. Um, our first set, we call it the off the court report. Okay. So. Ron, what does your year look like uh, each and every year? I mean, you guys Yeah, are... it's like Groundhog Year. Uh, every January, head to Australia for a few weeks, and then uh, back to the States, which is nice, for Indian Wells, Miami. And then we go to uh, then Madrid, Rome, uh, 
Paris, over to Wimbledon. You know, it's the same same tournaments every year. Brian, and you got married, I heard. I got married about, finally got married about five five years ago. And your wife is all right with you going on the road 35 yeah, weeks? Yeah, I'm on the road about 26 weeks now. 26. Uh, she's okay with it. I mean, that's how she, we met each other when I was doing this. So she doesn't know any different with me. Right on. And so now you get there in advance of the tournament. Yeah, a few days before usually, for a few days of practice. Yeah. For our listeners that don't know this, the rackets that the players use, you know, they're they're not exact, right? You can explain that and how what you guys do to make them perfect. Right. Most of these guys obviously have some sort of sponsorship deal with a racket manufacturer. And the manufacturer sends us the rackets directly, and they usually don't have any handles on them. It's just the bare graphite with the cosmetic of the racket. And we will mold a handle on there specific to the player. Um, because manufacturers, rackets only come in usually four sizes. And a player may, may want something a little different. And we can mold that shaped and sized handle onto the frame. And then we finish it by gripping the racket with whatever grip they want. Give an example though of this molding. Uh, like an Andy Murray. When we used to, we don't actually customize his rackets anymore, but when we did, he was using head rackets, which he still is. Head rackets have a certain shape that's a little different than say a Bablot shape or a Wilson shape. And he wanted to change the shape of his head racket grip handles to something in between kind of the manufacturers like a Wilson and a head. And so we were able to make a mold that was uh, what he liked. And then we could just duplicate that every time by molding. I always use the Agassi example. Agassi was a Prince player from the beginning and then he moved to think Donne, and then he moved to head. And the dimensions of the, the grip are different. So you guys, if you, if you put your hand around a, a head racket and then a Wilson, they're different. So basically these guys put the grip that they love onto the racket that they're contracted to that they play with. Exactly. So listen, tell us about this racket. Roger, you know, he has different models coming out, but generally it's the same racket. Yeah, it's pretty much the same stick. He's used that small 90 square inch head size for so long. And then he switched uh, to this 97, which is a much wider beam as well, to give him a little bit more, uh, a bit, little bit bigger sweet spot. So he plays with, he, you, you use the frames more than once. Oh yeah. Yeah, he'll use the frames for a few tournaments in a row usually. Really? Yeah. Damn. He's not going through rackets like Andre did. Oh man, Andre, it was like 14 rackets a tournament, yeah. it felt like. Yeah. Um, and Rod, they, you guys do not do that. That no. does not happen. No. It's, it's, it's a very easy schedule with Raj. It's, you know, 12 rackets, and barring some unforeseen situation, he gets them at the exact same times every year. You know, in December for starting the training block, and then before the clay season, although there's not a clay season for him anymore, at least not the last couple of years. Yeah. And then the grass, and then the hard court summer, and then the fall. And Iran is just pulling this gut. It's a 17 gauge, I imagine. 16 gauge. Oh, really? Yeah. 17, he tried a couple times at Wimbledon on the grass, too too quick, a little too much speed. Couldn't control it as Interesting. much. Interesting, so he plays He plays with all gut. No, he oh, plays, no, he, oh I see. Cross strings, he'll go with uh, polyester string. He plays with a poly in the in the crosses cross and the gut in the main. Yep. How many rackets does Roger string? Per match, uh, here, best of three, he'll do usually eight rackets. And match. all the same tension? He's going, he goes with a couple different tensions usually. And then at a slam, he might even go as many as three different tensions. And uh, how many rackets do you do for uh, Raj every year? It's, it's dropped since the schedule's less than it used to be. Uh, one year we did over a thousand strings, and then, but this year, 
maybe five to six hundred, maybe just because of the lessening of his schedule. Incredible. And he goes through about 60 rackets themselves, five batches of 12 rackets. He travels with 12 rackets at a time. Uh, this is an 18 by 20 stringing pattern? 1619. 1619. These, you know, with the polyesters now, polyester is not as susceptible to small tension changes like all gut was. So Roger, he always strings his cross strings one and a half kilos less than his main strings. Kilo, 2.2 pounds. Yeah. So like this racket here is 26 and a half kilos in the mains, 25 in the crosses. And what's that in pounds? 55. <laughs> Throughout the course of the year, his low one is gonna be 26 and his high is gonna be around 27. He doesn't vary much more than a kilo throughout the whole year. He may do different amounts for matches, like let's say there's eight rackets, he's doing four and four. Four at 26 and a half, four at 27. But he doesn't vary too much at all from 26 to 27 all throughout the year. All right, man, there's like 12 people in the world who find this as interesting as us, so let's move on. Maybe we'll do a special next year about racket tensions for the diehards. All right, this is our second set. We call this our on the court report. Listen, Ron is as inside as can be. He's in the player's lounge. He's in the player hotel. You know, he, he's buried in this room stringing for part of the day, but then he's out there. He's pretty observant fellow. Um, you know, how are you feeling about the sport today? I, well, right now the sport is in a great position because you have, from, from a popularity standpoint, you have Roger, Rafa, Novak playing unbelievable tennis still. And then you have these young guys that I feel these guys in the, the 20 to 23 range, I think these guys are really good. And I think in two or three years, you're gonna see some battles out there. Are you gonna have the personality and rivalries you have now with these guys? I don't know, but these guys are these kids are talented. Listen, do you think that these young guys have the gumption to, to win these big well, tournaments? Well, there's, there's gonna be a vacuum when the top guys, the older guys retire. So somebody has to win the tournaments. They're still gonna have four slams a year. You think they're playing, what, what's wrong with, well, by the way, what's wrong with Nick Kyrgios? What's his problem? I don't know Nick at all. Oh, um, really? No. You know, don't work with him. What does he do with his rackets? He on-site stringers. He just does, he just does whatever. <laughs> he's wildly talented. You guys he's, should try to sign him. He's unbelievably talented. Uh, and, I, and I hope that he, now he's a guy that has the, the, the character and the personality to be incredibly popular. He's incredibly popular now. Yeah. And he hasn't achieved his potential tennis-wise. And, yeah. and the sky's the limit for him talent-wise. I think there's no question about that. Um, are, you, are, are your sources, are you hearing any interesting stories that we don't know about that we should know about? No, I just know what I, what I watch. Yeah. And um, I just see a lot of good stuff coming. You know, I think this may be the most talented group that I've seen in a long time. Yeah, you like With, these guys. You know, there's like eight, nine of them that I'm Shapovalov. like- Shapovalov, people aren't even Shapovalov. talking about it Exactly, anymore. Shapovalov, Tsitsipas, you know, you got Hatchinoff. Kachinoff, who, who, who does his rackets? The on-site stringers. Really? Yeah. You know, it takes a while for them to get to- To figure this. out that they gotta, you know, they gotta write the check. I, I always tell people this, they say, I, I know we help players achieve more, when they use us, but also it's a bit of a luxury as well. So when they're that young, you know, it's a little early for them. You know, typically we don't sign a player until they're pretty, they, they've moved up a bit into the rankings. So it, it takes a little time. Sure. Um, since you're not really uh, on the court, but you are, you're on the side of the court and handling all this business, um, what are the trends we're seeing in rackets, the rackets the players play with, and the string that the string, what, what's, what's de rigueur these days? What's everyone doing? Nobody's playing all natural gut anymore. 
No one. Not that I can think of. Even uh, some of the doubles guys, there was a few left maybe a year or two ago, but I, I don't know if there's anyone left. They all use a polyester. They're all using at least half polyester. Uh, a lot of guys are using a hybrid, the half poly, half gut. And basically, the poly, it's funny, Craig. But so you know, Agassi used to use a Kevlar oh. in the mains and gut in the crosses. Correct. Now you guys are putting gut in the mains and the, 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 the polyester in the crosses. Yeah, some guys go the opposite way. Some guys go with the poly mains. It's just a matter of what they want, uh, a feel issue. But they basically want the poly because it's a dead string. And these guys are hitting the ball with such power and they're, such, they're so big now, they've actually got to deaden the power of their frames and their strings. Because back in the old days, guys were stringing gut so tight so the sweet spot becomes so small. And now that you can, they can string the polys looser, the sweet spots have enlarged. Yeah. And it gives them a little bit more room for air as well. And I mean, and all this, this stuff started, I kind of feel like with Roddick, I mean. Guga, Guga was the first guy with the, with, the, with the poly that really made a breakthrough. Gustavo Quirton. Yeah. And then guys started wondering how he was getting such spin and able to maintain such control on the ball for long rallies. And then they started moving to the polys. The the big banger and are they yeah. are they still the rat are they still people use that stuff the Kirsch yeah. bomb and the, you the see, Luxalon Luxalon still the big the big uh, polyester company Luxalon yes huh. yeah and Ronnie I'm seeing a lot of Yonex out there now yeah what that they're just making great sticks they're making really good sticks and I think they're trying they're making a bigger push to get more players so uh, they've been able to get quite a few new players on their sticks and and they make a quality high quality stick. You know, back when we were doing this, there was the red head, there was the head prestige yeah. with that grommet. That cap wax, system. Yeah, the cap grommet. And then there was, you know, the Wilson Pro Staff. Um, what are the flavors of the of the tour these days? Shockingly. Bobalot is everywhere. Everywhere. We're, they just, they bring power to the game. You know, players can get more power off that, like that, that Roddick stick like you were talking about. Light little head heavy compared to what the old guys played. Totally different idea from 25 years ago when guys were looking for a, a more heavy racket. You don't see these guys playing with heavy rackets. What does what, what Jack Sox racket weigh? Unstrung, maybe around 320. And then you're talking a lot of like the old school guys are 340, 350 unstrung. So it's quite a big difference. 20 grams is a big difference. 20 grams is a big difference. Yeah. Andre, I think, was like around 345, yeah. something like yeah. that. Yeah, close. Yeah. yeah. I don't quite remember the number, but I think you're in the neighborhood. I think it was like 343 for Ish some reason now that like I. That. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you don't see that. You don't see that with the younger guys. Um, who is the biggest pain in the ass? <sighs> pain in the ass. For. for I remember Francisco Montana back when we were doing it. That, that guy would come in. Last one in, wreck your whole night. You, you get right before, right before you play. <laughs> you wanna, you get, uh, yeah, oh, th that happens a lot still. We still you know, we do one tournament a year as the official on-site stringer. Where's that? Cincinnati. Okay. And it's amazing the players that come in two hours before their match time and give you five sticks, mm. and they're shocked when you say, "I don't know if we can get them all." Because we got rackets on the machines already. And what about, remember Mark Woodford used to have that giant fish string? Yeah. Do you have any interesting uh, things going on? You know, you get you don't get too much. You get guys that want to see knots in certain locations. You get guys really particular about where the stencil is placed. Um, but Who's honestly, that, for example? Give us an example. Um, who is it? You know, like Daniel Nestor was so particular about how straight he wanted his strings. 
that Daniel Nestor. That, Daniel uh, Nestor, by the way, he just retired. I mean, this guy played from probably 18 years old to 46. Unbelievable. Yeah, career. unbelievable career. Yeah, but he was particular. He was picking about straight. Seems like a particular cat. You know, some guys uh, are very particular about. They want their racket strung, the last racket you do before the, at night, before you go to bed, which I'm always shocked about because as an, when we're an on-site stringing team, that might be the last five rackets of a 35-racket day. That stringer, and it's purely human nature, is going to try to go so fast through those last five rackets that you can go to bed. I don't know if that's the right play for a player well, to ask to be the last. Well, they expect professionalism. They do guys, expect it, man. but human nature also means... Let right. me just get through these rackets because I want to go to bed. I think it's a dangerous game. I mean, Ronnie's not, you don't rush. You take your time. You're I'm not old. rushing. I'm old now. Yeah. And what's good about... Ronnie, you're a timeless. I mean, incredible. 51 years old. You look like you do when you're 25, yeah. man. Yeah, it's a lot of alcohol. That's what the, it pickles you from the inside, man. This is our third set. We call it... We don't really have a name for it, but it's usually where we talk to, generally speaking, the player or the coach, you know, about their career. And uh, first of all, how did you get into this insanity? I was, uh, I'd never really played tennis at all growing up. I mean, yeah, my dad had some rackets around and I'd hit rocks with him and break the strings or whatever, but I never really played until freshman year of college. Um, where? George Tech, Georgia Institute of Technology. I... Some of my friends there that I met let's play tennis. I'd never really played, and I, I got the bug fast. I mean, I started spending all my time at a tennis shop, trying to learn a lot about it. And Is that Atlanta? Yeah, Atlanta. Yeah, so Atlanta, by the way, that's a that's kind of a tennis hotbed. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. They have a a very a, vigorous, a, league, a very a, vigorous league. A league that when I was back, we're talking back in the early '90s, had almost 100,000 players, and this is not a USTA league. This is an Atlanta, like an Atlanta TA league. Yeah, or Alta, Atlanta Alta, Long right. Tennis Association. Atlanta has got a ton of recreational players. They got a great tennis culture. Yeah, yeah. So I was just hanging out at the shop, and the owner finally said to me, "Ron, you're here all the time anyway. You might as well make some money. You want a job?" Yeah. So I started stringing rackets, which was the downfall of my uh, academic career because I dropped out of school after starting to travel to wow. tournaments. Wow, you're like a player. You quit school to, to be in tennis. That's really sad. Uh, <laughs> that, that's, that, now that's just depressing. But uh, So then I started, uh, I was lucky enough that the owner of the shop knew the people that did a lot of tournaments. So I was able to start stringing for Babylon at tournaments uh, fairly quickly after learning how to string. Babylon, I expect all our listeners to know who that is, but Babylon is the French company that originally made the natural gut that all the players on the tour play with. They called it VS Gut, Babalot VS Gut. Their main business was making sutures, stitches. Yeah. And um, I think they're out of Lyon, France. Um, and they are the industry standard for this natural gut for you know for now and forever they've been the industry standard they started making rackets they're giving the players the rackets in exchange for the free gut and the rackets caught on like uh, hotcakes yeah they they're really the last company that really made an inroad as, as a racket manufacturer and i fully think that it's because they were able to say also well if you play with our rackets we'll give you gut because gut's very expensive and it'd be very difficult i think for a just a startup racket company 
to be able to just start like that with rackets only. You know, they, they don't have that leverage with also the right. natural gut. Let's get back to you. So you quit school. Quit school. You're, I mean, your parents must have been crying. Not great. Not, fan, not, not, not fantastic. Korean parents, mind you. Luckily, my brother was very nice. He always said, well, he goes, there's always one screw up in the family. And you're the youngest one and everyone else is doing fine. So you're, you're destined to become the screw up. So here I am. Parents could not have been ecstatic about you quitting school to be no. ring, stringing rackets. No, not their number one choice as a But I mean, right. I mean, you're now look, look at you. You're doing Roger Federer's rackets. First of all, now how many grand slams have you strung? How many, how many, how many crowns do you have? 22 or 23 maybe? Name them. With Raj, I think it's 13 with Raj by himself. And then three with Andre. 16. Two with Stan Wawrinka. 18. One with Leighton. 19. Which one with Leighton? The Leighton was Wimbledon 2000 and was it two? Is that right? Probably. Damn, like that. Ron. That's 19. You got three more. Uh, one with Lindsay Davenport. Fantastic. Lindsay. That was 1998 US Open, maybe? Uh, Sounds about right. And we'll the, have to look that up. And then, well, I'm missing somebody. I don't remember. But it's like, it's just. No, I'm, come on, figure I'm it out. 20. Like, That's I'm 20. Staying like, I'm staying like two ahead of Raj. That's all I know, because we figured this out one time. Uh huh. Uh, but I'll get back to you. I got to think about it. And when that. you go oh, to. Guga, Guga uh, uh, 2000. Yeah. And, uh, in the French Open. I was still with Jay. So. Jay is, Jay is this madman that um, was one of the original. Sven Gollies of this game. He, uh, that's a whole, that, that's, that's we, a whole, we, that's gotta, a, we gotta save that, that for another that, that time. Could be a, but that could be a multi-podcast series. Ron and I uh, met, uh, I was, I had answered an ad from a fax machine at a tennis club and I started working for this cat, Jay, who had Andre. He had Andre, they strung the rackets, they, and then at some point, you know, we all, became uh, together in this, and that's how it all started, really. Yep. I mean, I, I figure by now you've got to have at least 15, 20 million in the bank. I mean, you I, guys, we, you should be getting bonuses for all these wins. But we don't get doc pay when they lose in the early, either. I mean, you figure <laughs> Roger's making 100 million bucks a year. You guys should be getting at least a, a million bucks just from him alone. <laughs> I usually tell people when they say that. I usually tell people, I said, you know, ultimately, and I'm not trying to uh, degrade my job or whatever, but it's still, it's, it's racket stringing, right? It's, it's a well, the problem is, is you can't charge one guy a thousand dollars or string right. job just because he's Rod, you know, because then they feel like they were getting screwed. And racket stringing at the tournament level, on-site stringing, quality has gotten better over the last 10, 15 years. I will say that. Uh -huh. You still don't get the consistency of the same machine, same stringer as you go throughout yeah. the year. Um, and you, and you, Ronnie, you deal directly with Tony Godsick. You deal directly with the agents, or not even anymore. Usually straight to the player. Um, straight to the player. You know, yeah. When, when the coach, the player. Talk to the player or the coach. I mean, obviously, when it gets to the point of a player is interested in signing with us, the agent's usually going to have a brief conversation with us yeah. to make sure what's going on. Uh, but usually we try to talk directly to the player. Yeah. Um, Ron just finished Raj's racket. It took him about 25 minutes. Um, he's talking through it. Now he's straightening the strings. Uh, he uses his fingers to straighten the strings. You guys think that maybe the strings are straight when you pull them off the machine. That's not the case. And then, I, you know, Raj must take a Wilson stencil. 
He does. And 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 the the the, the two line gut thing doesn't happen anymore. No, that went away. That went away. Yeah. A lot of the player, a lot of the other manufacturers told their players they couldn't use if they were using their rackets. They didn't want. They didn't when, want when the Babylon, v, yeah. When Babylon got into string rackets. Yeah. Before, when they were just a string company, they're okay with it. Yeah. Used to be Babalot, the the line there was the, the you you takes you would stripe the two lines. All right, there's three rackets. Here comes the fourth for for Club Fed. He's playing Kevin Anderson tonight in a uh, in a you know that's a that's a death match. That is that is for, that's a for, te that's a Texas death for, match for, for, for Raj. It's a it's a make or break. You know, there's Raj a, wants to beat him. Well, there's obviously a good chance that if he doesn't win, he's not making it to the semis. So now, do you ever the way it used to be with Sampras? You'd have to be standing by the machine waiting for those stinking rackets to come back? No. Raj has only, because he only uses rackets for ball change for the most part. He, he, he doesn't want to serve with a brand new racket. So either one game, if, if the ball change is coming on his serve, he will switch rackets either the game before to receive or the game after. Uh, but he doesn't break strings. He's, uh, so, and the last time he sent a racket back to, a manu to the on-site stringers, that I recall was 2004. Now, what's your relationship like with him? Do you ever like go get a sandwich? Do you ever see a movie? Yeah, he's, uh, you know, uh, yeah, uh, you know, he's got his family now, less time, but uh, you know, he'll still, uh, we'll still go to dinner at on occasion, and certainly, especially on the rare times now when his family isn't traveling, he's, you know. And do you advise him on like, you know, if he should go with uh, Uniqlo or Dump oh, Nike? Oh God, no. That, no no that, talk of that. That has stuff. nothing nothing to do with me and not even close. Not you even. don't ever he never asks you like, oh, what do you think I should do? No, not when nothing it, like when that. it comes to rackets, he may ask me about strings and things like that, because that's yeah. my that's my knowledge. Do you guys talk about movie? Like, yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. He's a big movie watcher. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That's he, great. He enjoys watching. I mean, you know, these guys have a lot of downtime, as you know. Well, now, so you, I, I'm seeing that you actually are putting the leather pads uh onto this uh in the throat. Did they just go in the throat? Yeah, and they're do, they're basically doing nothing. They're, he just has had them ever since his all gut days. It's just a look, and he still he still uses yeah. them. There are leather pads uh, down at the grommets in the throat of the racket. Uh, do you guys do you guys paint them black, or you just have black leather? You found black leather yes. to use. We used to paint them until the revelation came. Hey, maybe if they make black leather, it only took us about twelve years to figure that out. But we finally Raj did. with the jet black racket, as clean as can be, the white grip. Is there a leather grip under that, Ronnie? There is. And a lot of the lot of the players still have a leather grip with an overgrip, or no? <sighs> I don't leather know. grip. I don't know. Uh, the, the, the talk is is that you know you get better feel. Correct. You can feel the, the bevels of the, the edges of the handle better, and it's gonna absorb sweat more than let's say a synthetic grip. Uh, what's what's the most uh, action-packed thing that's ever happened to you stringing rackets action-packed thing problem pro nightmare um machine getting lost by the airlines and then needing to string some rackets like the first day that's another part of this is these guys travel with these giant cases with their stringing machine i mean you're using a 20 year old stringing machine i know by the way. it's built like a tank we're gonna have to switch at some point obviously because these things are 20 years old they got no parts being made so We've purchased a few old machines that don't work. This just, is just stunning. To salvage. I feel like I'm going back in yeah, time. Yeah, this is here. a machine you were using. I'm getting like sweats. Yeah. I'm getting like flashbacks. <laughs> you, hey man, you were the one that taught me how to use these machines, if you recall, because I'd never used the Star Four before I went to oh, GA. Man. So you were the, you and Jen Cho, taught me. Uh, 
how Jen, to do these. Shout out to Jen Cho. Yep. So Jen Cho. You showed me the ropes. Amazing. Although you did also make me string some rackets for you once at uh, Paris. If you, uh, you went and watched an NBA basketball, might have been a final or a playoff game, and you stayed out so late. You woke me up at uh, like 6 a.m. and said, Ron, you got to string these two rackets for Mark Knowles for me because I just, I I'm wiped. I can't move. I can't yeah, move. Yeah, I can't so I move. got up and strung the rackets. Uh, you pulled man. rank on me that day. <laughs> Moving into our fourth set, we call this the 10 ball scramble. Oh lord. And I just gonna that sounds say- sounds scary. Well, no, no, it's, uh, <laughs> listen man, it's it's word association. I'm gonna say a word yep. or a thing, I'm gonna say something, and you just tell us what you think. Or what, what you first First comes thing to your come mind. to mind. Right, right. Yeah, this is gonna get me in trouble, I bet. Let's hear it. Roger Federer. Class. Favorite tournament? Melbourne. Favorite court? Center court, Wimbledon. Center Court Wimbledon, everybody. Come on, loves it's that. the cathedral, right? Everyone loves Center Court Wimbledon. Luxalon. Game changer. Babalot. <sighs> Classic. Yeah. Yonex. Good uh, quality control. Best racket. Man, that's it, that that's a loaded question. Best racket can mean a lot of things, but I gotta go with the original Pro Staff St. Vincent 85 square inch. The St. Vincent Pro Staff, that's a whole nother story, but. Look at the, look at the championships that got that thing won. Career and Edberg. Sampras, Edberg. There was a, a racket that was made and this Wilson plant on this island, St. Vincent, and the plant burned down. So there became like an arms race to find these rackets. And that's a fact. Yeah. And Sampras, Sampras, Sampras ended all. up being the last guy to get them. He went out onto the. They got their they got their people onto the street to find these rackets all across the land. We still got a stash in the office. Really? Yeah, like five or six of them. Amazing. Uh, Agassi. Kind. Yeah, he is the best. Yeah. Um, racket stringing. Tedious. Racket customization. More interesting than stringing. <laughs> um, favorite player. Tim Henman. I love Tim Henman too. Favorite beer? Pliny the Elder. Favorite restaurant in London? <sighs> Purely because uh, I get free meals there because of Tim Henman, I'm gonna go Nobu. Wow, Ronnie on the free comp Nobu? That also goes back to why he's the favorite player. You see how that works? Amazing. Moving into our fifth and final set, we call this the king of the court. If you were the king, how would you do it? Given your uh, illustrious background in this whole racket game, do you think that there is any interesting place to have regulated technology in an effort to maybe make the game less homogenous? Well, I think one of the big complaints we hear about now is that everyone looks the same on yeah. the court, the stroke production, et cetera. What do you think about that? Uh, I totally agree. I think that uh, they've slowed courts down, number one. They've slowed conditions because they wanted points to be more interesting when, when they had faster courts. You know, points were over in one or two shots, three shots. And they said, no, we need, we need longer points. They slowed the courts down to give the fans that. But then the advent of polyester strings came out. And these guys can now swing full out with polyester strings, keep the ball in play for 10, 20, 30 shots. The way to win matches is a fitness thing now almost. 
not necessarily a shot making. So you agree that there's a problem? I, I think so, and I think that uh, tennis was a little behind the times. They didn't realize what polyester strings could do to the game and the way they get, you know, there's no more serve and volley. And, and then every now and then you see a guy who serves and volley, Amisha Zverev can serve and volley, but come on, you're not gonna win consistently anymore you can't. that way, no a, chance. A, a, a first volley, right. a good first volley gets punished. Right, so to use the uh, analogy, golf was very good about quickly, when they see a big advantage occurring because of technology, they would stop that. Square grooves on pitching wedges, that you could, you could spin the ball more. Yeah, they, they will, they, they, Very quick. After about a year or so, they already say, let's, let's investigate this. They and adjusted the Belly putter. Yeah, you they, cannot use a belly putter in, in PGA Tour. And by the way, that's a perfect example. You know? So the problem with tennis now, they've let polyester strings go for so long, it's almost like Pandora's box. It's out of the box now. You can't push it back in the box. It's too late. And I'm, I'm all for these slower courts for longer points. That's fine. I understand the reason behind it. But when you add that with the polyester strings now, you've got a real problem in that players know I'm going to stay on the baseline and it's going to be just a war of attrition. Smash and murder. Exactly. And the only guy that's got any interesting variety is your guy. Yeah, you know, Novak can, can get a little aggressive at times, but he'll, he'll play the cat and mouse game for a while and then he can turn it. Um, you know, Rafa's a different beast. He wants to stay on the baseline, but his game is still punishing. But, you know, most guys now... Uh, there's not a lot of variance. You know, if you're in the top row at the U.S. Open and you see two guys, they're playing the same game. You can't for tell the most who's part. to who's yeah. who. And, yeah, and I think that lends itself to less interesting matchups. Ron Yu, everybody. Um, this was a really fun catch-up, and uh, thank you very much. Thanks, Greg. Typically, you know, we say you are released, but we're in your hotel room, so we are indeed uh, released. You may escape. <laughs> Thank you. Anytime you want to talk, I'm available. So while we have your attention, we want to ring in the new year with a gift to our fans. We're giving away two VIP packages to the Invesco Series upcoming event January 26th at the Newport Beach Tennis Club featuring Andy Roddick, Tommy Haas, Marty Fish, and James Blake. These events are awesome. You can practice with these guys in the morning and go watch them play. It's a great event. Send us an email, tweet, Instagram, or Facebook post, and we'll automatically enter you to win. Info at underreviewtennis.com is our email. At UR with CS is our Twitter handle. And underreviewtennis is our Instagram and Facebook. Good luck, and please tell your friends. Big thank you to Ron Yu and also to Glenn Roberts, who was quietly stringing Novak's racket throughout the whole interview. I want to thank Priority One Rackets. You can learn what they do at p1tennis.com. That's P, the number one, tennis.com. I'd like to thank the Tennis Hall of Fame in advance for reserving that wall space for Ron. Thank you, everyone, for listening and spreading the word. And if you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review us. We can be found on iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere else you get your podcasts. Our producer is Scott Tuft, and our music is by Brian Senti. Jason Binnick did our mix. Martino Mulligano bought us our breakfast. We'll be back soon with more of the most interesting voices in the sport. Until then, I'm Craig Shapiro, and you are released. Thank you.